Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for the show, as you know. And with me today is my friend and sister in Christ, uh, Brooke Barks. Brooke, welcome to Equipping You and Grace. Hey, welcome. Thank you, Dave, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. Me too, sister. It's good to have you. Well, can you uh, tell us a little bit? This is your first time on, which is kind of amazing, but uh, can you tell us about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry, and any ministry projects that you're working on. I know you're busy like I am, so. Yes, I am very busy. Well, like they've said, my name is Brooke Bartz and I am a Christian mom and wife. The Lord saved me in college and I ended up in his divine sovereign plan, marrying the boy that I always wanted to marry since I was 10 years old. And his name is Brad Bartz and he is a very godly husband and father. He washes me with the word and he makes me unashamed of the gospel. So I'm thank- so thankful for his leadership. We have a 12-year-old daughter um, who we adopted at birth and she is the love of our life. Her name is Clara. And so I'm thankful to the Lord for his um, plan to give us um, such a sweet gift through the gift of adoption. Mm. I we, att- we live in Texas. I live in Texas, in central Texas. If you know where Austin is, Um, It's about 40 minutes from Austin and about 30 minutes from Waco, Texas. So we Mm. live in a town called Salado and we attend Grace Community Fellowship Church in Georgetown, where I actively teach and serve as well as my husband and our pastor, Larry Loden, actually graduated from the Master Seminary and a really neat, just divine way that God works of his plan is that he graduated and he did his doctorate with James Coates and (laughs) yes. And Aaron Coates is one of my dear sisters and friends, even though I'm in Texas and she's in Canada. I am so thankful for social media for many reasons. And that is one. I'm also not thankful for it with, (laughs) as we'll talk about, but I am thankful that the Lord uses it, that we can be able to talk. And um, so Aaron and I are very close. So, so yeah, so I, um, like I said, I'm a Christian and I'm an author. So my first book I wrote was Chronic Love, Trusting God While Suffering with Chronic Illness. And it came out in 2019. I um, host a and founded a ministry called Open Hearts in a Closed World. And it is a women's online, no cost conference. Um, we are streamed by AGTV, David Knight with Exposit the Word, and we have a YouTube page, Open Hearts in a Closed World, where you can watch at no cost. Um, There's ladies from all over the world. We have ladies from 81 countries Um, so far on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook group, Open Hearts in a Closed World, and an Instagram that you can join as well just to hear from these like-minded, sound biblical teachers. So Open Hearts is in July. We do it every year. We are promoted by the Master's University. This year, the Master's University led um, the worship with their praise band, TMU Praise Band. And that was really exciting. And Mm. um, 
it, we did it on Spiritual Sisterhood. It's a, a week-long conference, no cost. And we have teachers like Susan Heck, Martha Peace, myself, Erin Coates, just biblically sound women who hold up the word of God. Um, and that's really important because that's what our women need is sound mm-hmm. biblical teachers, um, not like the false teachers and these teachers that claim to be believers that are involved in LGBTQ and transgender and feminism, um, like Jenny Allen, and Hatmaker. There's just a whole list of them. Beth Moore, false teachers, female pastors, which that's obviously not biblical. So, so I wanted a conference that would bring women's hearts and minds back to the truths of scripture and to put godly resources in front of them well, through these teachers um, like Susan and Aaron and, and Martha and Michelle Leslie, um, Women's Hope, Kim Cummings from Women's Hope as well, Marcy Farrell, um, my mentor, Penny Amack from Countryside Bible Church in Southlake with Tom Pennington as pastor. So it's a great encouragement to women. And I'm also on AGTV. We are the first women's reformed ministry to be on AGTV. And so we, Aaron and I, Aaron Coates and I lead a podcast um, on AGTV, the Open Hearts podcast. And we're work, working through Second Timothy very slowly. We'll probably be in it for three years. Um, and we're just really enjoying our time together, speaking to women about the truths of scripture and how Paul encouraged Timothy to stand strong and, and how that looks for us and women, godly women in this generation. So, and then I have a book club as well on AGTV that Brandon Kimber um, lets me do, which we started out kind of as guinea pig is doing my first book, Chronic Love, Trusting God While Suffering with Chronic Illness. And I read excerpts from that. And that book is written for chronically ill women with diseases, trials, sufferings, pains, illnesses, and what that looks like. Um, as we walk through those things, the emotions we feel, but bringing our hearts and minds back to the truths of scripture and how we can work through the pain and suffering by understanding our God is, is sovereign, um, even through chronic debilitating pain without a respite, because that's what chronic pain is. A lot of these women, they don't, there's no cure for what they're walking through. And so I wanted a book that would, that would have constant scripture and the Lord in his kindness, I had so much scripture, we had to use two translations for copyright. So it is filled with scripture throughout the entire book. So um, I'm wow. grateful to Brandon for letting me do a, a, a book club to encourage women who watch on AGTV. Mm. And um, as far as ministry projects, I am, you know, I just came out with Godly Ever After, which I'll talk about. And um, I... I'm continuing to write um, that series and I will write, I'm writing a children's book as well. And then I'm writing another fiction book for teens and their moms. So it's busy. Um, I'm thankful that open hearts is online um, because I, it doesn't Hmm. interfere with my um, ministry at church, being able to serve and teach there and reach the women there. So Hmm. I think that's, pretty good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, praise God for, you know, how he's using you. And I'm, I'm a big fan of open hearts. I think I recommend mm-hmm. it all the time to, to ladies, uh, because I mean, I think, I, I think I've, I've gotten to know most of the ladies except for Susan Heck and, mm-hmm. and your mentor, but, uh, by God's grace. So, you know, that, that's a really important ministry. And, 
I've told I've told Doreen, you know, I am 100 percent. This is why we have women writers, which, by the way, I mean, I haven't even asked you about writing at Servants of Grace. But, you know, that's why we have women writers at Servants of Grace, because they need good theology. And we there's such a dirge. I mean, what what's geared towards women today is is yes. filth. And so but that's not what this podcast is about <laughs> today. We, we could go on a long rant on that. I know. But right. Uh, today i'll we're, come back i'll come yeah. back and we'll do, we'll do some more of that That'll yeah be that sounds that sounds good <laughs> that sounds good we'll have you back for sure well today guys we're going to talk about brooke's new book godly ever after fiona's faith book one if you're watching it here here it is it's a very good book uh can you tell us tell us a little bit about it and uh, why you wrote it how it's being received and all that yeah, so um, Godly Ever After is about a typical teenage girl um, who is walking through life in a secular school, um, and she sticks out like a sore thumb because she is a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, she's very, very bold for her faith, and she finds herself in typical junior high situations, walking down the halls of junior high. Um, you know, being bullied, um, with what does friendship look like? What does trying out for, you know, she tries out for cheerleader. Does she make it? How is she received? Um, she's teased. And so I wanted a book that was a Christian teen fiction and I couldn't find one that had the word of God in context anywhere. I still haven't. Um, I looked in bookstores. I looked at Christian bookstores, um, I looked at authors and what I found is that the Christian genre is very loose, obviously, you know, you've got people like John MacArthur and then you've got the same publisher publishing Christine Kane. And so to find a Christian teen fiction book for girls where the word of God is actually taught in context in in a fiction way with a female character, um, I knew that I wanted to write something like that. All I saw was vampires and sexual immorality and cussing and witchcraft. And, and these are books that are supposed to be for children and for our teen girls. Of course, we see what's going on in our world in public schools, what they're allowing in preschool and, you know, elementary school with transgender books and LGBTQ. So I thought um, when I wrote this book, um, that that would be a way that I could put before moms and women and teen girls a book that they could trust, an author they could trust, that handles the word of God accurately, um, that is able to creatively speak as a teen walking through life, but in the situation she finds herself and the trials and the joys and the laughs and the decisions she has to make, what does the word of God say? What does it say about friendship? What does it say about beauty? You know, we're, we're created in the image of God. We have a, a beautiful God who gives us creation. And so we know beauty is part of that, but but outward beauty and the world system and and um, the cultural trends and the false ideologies tell us what beauty looks like and what success looks like. And obviously, God looks at the heart. We know that in Samuel, he looks at the heart. And so to find a book that spoke to these girls about the struggles that they face with outward beauty and being bullied for their faith and standing out for Christ. But at the same time, I call it having light bubblegum feels. Um, with deep theological truths I had not found. And I, I want to say this too, like if you notice with our Christian, like I said, the Christian genre is very, very loose. But even in the books that we read that are some that are wholesome and pure, 
for instance, like Little House on the Prairie and of Green Gables. Um, you know, you've got the Christian classics as you grow up or classics as you grow up, like um, Pride and Prejudice when girls get over and older and those things, Little Women. There's still not the word of God in them. And if the word of God is mentioned in any of these books, it's usually out of context. It's usually one verse. And it's not walking our girls through how they can apply that in their lives in a fiction way with the character. I've never found one like that. And so my heart, my desire, if the Lord um, continues to open the door for this, is to do an entire series on the characters and how the Lord gives them their godly ever after. Whatever that looks like, whether they end up married or single, what it means to be a, a teen girl and to walk and obey Christ. And so I wrote Godly Ever After because I couldn't find one. And like I said, you know, Little House on the Prairie, you know, we're not pulling covered wagons, right? We're, we're not Amish romances where we're building this view of romance that's entirely worldly. I mean, it is so unfocused on what our girls walk through with the sanctity of marriage and purity and wanting to have a godly husband. Those are all wonderful things. And we as mothers and parents should encourage that. But this this worldview of romanticizing unbiblical love and having a boyfriend in this chapter and the next chapter, she's breaking up and PDA and inappropriate, you know, that romanticizes those feelings that should, I believe, that we should say for marriage. And so finding a balance to be able to walk through the emotions that teen girls go through, but at the same time, being able to strengthen them back to the word of God to say, no, this is my brother in Christ and I need to pray for him. And these are my friends. And this is how I walk through when I'm fearful. And this is what I do when the world says that beauty looks like this. What is the word of God says is that he looks at the heart and that um, I'm created in God's image and I'm knit and I'm formed. And so um, I'm, I understand that these girls don't get that in books. I couldn't find it in a Christian teen fiction. So I thought I'll write it. And so I wanted to write it for my daughter as well um, because I wanted a book where the verses I could talk to her about that would encourage fruitful conversation. Mm. And at the same time would be very, very typical to what we walked through in junior high. So that's why I wrote the book. Well, I love the book. And as I told you before, we're going to have a little bit of fun here because, uh, you know, you got me to read a fiction book, which my <laughs> wife has been trying to do. You know, I used to read fiction in high school a lot and I don't I just don't anymore for whatever reason. There's just too many different things that I'm usually reading either for a book or something else now. And right. I, I don't even hardly have time to read, so, <laughs> which most people be like, what? That is not true. I'm like, it's true. Trust me. I just right. don't. People are like, you don't even read that much anymore. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I, I, I still manage to read about 100 books a year, which is more than most people, you yes. know, but but I, I don't read I, since I read super fast. I don't I don't actually need that much time to read a even like this book probably took me like an hour or maybe a little more yes. than that than that. So, I mean, I read pretty fast and but I, I really like the book. And, you know, one one thing, you know, our friend Lauren, she's like. Dave, you're going to love Brooke. You're going to love her writing. And uh, she just gushed, gushed, gushed about, you know, your writing. And she she was very, uh, she was very excited about uh, your writing. And now I see why. So very good. Well, I think that's my other side. You know, I, I did the nonfiction that was a labor of love and it was heart wrenching to write on illness and disease and the word of God. And 
that he's providing for us, but that there's going to be pain and suffering in this world. And I'm talking to ladies who are dying or who have children who are struggling with eating disorders or cutting them themselves. Those are hard, hard topics. Um, but with, with, um, with Godly Ever After, that's, that's my fun kind of lighthearted. And people are very surprised. They're like, you're always so like serious and like, so, you know, like, but this was my, my way of um, just being able to get into teen girls lives and to let them, you know, you laugh on the first page, you, you can cry on the next. I mean, it's, it, it's really, I pray has built them up in, in the truths of scripture. So, um, and a lot of it is, is based on who I was in junior high. And if you read the book, you'll see that a little bit of the character of Fiona and she's very feisty and she's, quirky and funny and she's awkward and tall and gangly and you know she has long bra- she has long hair and I say it looks like it's been boiled too long like a spaghetti noodle and she's got <laughs> big feet like I do and um and one of my someone said one of their favorite uh things is when she describes Fiona she says her feet are so big it's like two you know two cruise ships leaving port if she wears white tennis shoes. And so I, I wanted to describe this awkward teen girl that um, is walking through junior high as an alien because she doesn't belong to this world and, and trying to stand out for Christ. And so I wanted to give girls that and, and help them laugh. But at the same time, I wanted them to see that she's placed in situations where she shares the gospel boldly and unashamed and how that, how that looks through the book. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of episodes on this podcast on the doctrine of scripture lately. Uh, how how should a good understanding of the doctrine of scripture affect how we engage junior high and high school students? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, the word of God doesn't change. It's the same today, tomorrow, yesterday, forever. It's authoritative. You know, we sit under it. God is our is our. Um, He's our shepherd. The spirit is our comforter, our counselor, and he's our Lord. And so we are his children and his slaves and we're called to obey it. And so I want to, girls to understand and moms and um, teen girls that um, the authoritative word of God doesn't change. It's inerrant, right? And it's without error. It's infallible. So there's never going to be a mistake in it. But what's happening in our world is that the the word is so watered down, it's pragmatic, and we're also seeing people deconstruct it and build up God to be whoever they want him to be. Therefore, our teen girls are suffering because the word of God is not being taught accurately. Um, you're not going to find that out in our world system. Um, you're not going to find that on Netflix and movies and books. And you're not going to find that on billboards and um, and in secular environments. And so, and even people who profess Christ, I mean, who've jumped on CRT and social justice and and same sex attraction. And so, these are what our our precious girls are walking through. And I wanted them to I want them to understand that scripture doesn't change. So we need to be teaching our girls the Word of God. We need to teach them that that God has a design, a mandate for marriage and it's biblical and it's holy and it's between a man and a woman. And so there's no such thing as LGBTQ or or transgender, but they're not seeing that in the books. And so the, the authoritative word of God and the scriptures and the doctrine of scripture to understand that God's word is holy and that we're called to 
to read it and meditate on it and to follow its commands, that should be how we're loving our children and instructing them and training them up in the word of God. So why we need to do that with the books we give them. We need to do that with the movies that we set before their eyes. Um, and that's really hard to find. You know that in this day and age um, to find a sound Christian book that is going to do that, especially in a Christian teen fiction. And so, um, yeah, we need to continue to, to share the gospel with our junior high and high school girls. And we need to teach the, we, the word needs to be in context. And I think mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do with this book um, is to stress that we need to keep doing that. If that's important, when we take the word of God out of context, when we mishandle it, when we deconstruct it and build it up, you know, those are untruths and false world ideologies. And our children are being swayed that direction. They're being indoctrinated in schools and um, in books and by people who profess Christ. And so we need to be able to defend it. The only way to defend it is to know it and to stand on it and to have verses for our girls as well. So it's very important in junior high and high school to, for teen girls to understand the truths of scripture. And as parents, if we worship Christ, if we follow Christ, then we are called and we are commanded to teach our children and train them up in the, in the ways of the Lord and the, in the admonition and fear of the Lord. That's really, really good. Really well, really well said. You know, I know you uh, were excited. You had the opportunity to go in the Texas schools recently to, to share about your book, you know, which is exciting. Um, how did that opportunity go? And what observations do you have parent for parents from your experience there? Yeah, so what I what I decided to do is um, the book, I, I wanted to be able to get this book into the hands of not only public schools, private schools, home schools, because it applies in every situation. Our, our teen girls still walk through with friends at school or youth group or whatever. Um, being in junior high and, and high school, um, the book has done so well from ages even nine all the way up until 18. I get reviews from girls who are 16. I get it from moms. I get it from 75-year-old grandmas who read it with their granddaughter because the truths are there um, of wanting to walk through life, trusting God that he is directing us in our godly ever after. That doesn't always mean that things are easy, especially being a Christian as a teen. And so that's why I started this book tour and what I've been doing is going into private Christian schools. I'll go into public schools if they'll let me, but I've been shot down because of obviously Christian, the sanctity of marriage, purity, um, but going into private Christian schools and these girls are reading these books. Um, uh, the, the first one I went to, they read it in, they're reading it in junior high, seventh and eighth grade girls as their book club in Bible class. And so um, I got to go in, read an excerpt of the book talk about standing out, being a team for Christ, sharing the gospel, obviously, because we know a lot of these girls are not saved. So being able to share the gospel, read an excerpt, and then talk to them about being a light, being a city on a hill in such a dark generation and holding to the, to the obey, to the commands of scripture and, and knowing that um, it's not going to be easy. You know, we know that Christ suffered on the cross. He died a horrific death. He was slandered. He was accused un unjustly. Um, and But that was God's divine plan for him to take the wrath and punishment of my sin and place it on his shoulders. If, 
and die on the cross. And if, if I repent and place my faith in Jesus Christ, then I have salvation. And so I wanted these girls to hear the gospel. And I wanted them to understand that, that just as Christ suffered and bore up under the suffering um, because of the father's will, when he was on earth and he wanted the cup to pass him, we see our God lovingly continue to stand strong when he's being slapped and beaten and tortured and, and hung on the cross. Um, and to say, you know, um, it's not my will, but yours, Lord. We should understand with our teen girls that when we, when they are in Christ, there is going to be bullying and persecution. And what does that look like? And so when I went into this, this um, junior high, I spoke to the moms and daughters about standing strong in Christ and what a Christian teen should look like and verses that can be encouraging and read an excerpt of the book, signed their books, um, had about 54 moms and then, I mean, 54 girls and then their moms. Um, and just encourage the moms, read this with your daughter as well. And look at the verses and be able to have conversations that point your daughters to Christ, like an open communication where they can come to you and talk and then use that to draw out their hearts as Christ did so that you can talk to them about the situations that they're going to face and, and um, the trials that they're going to go through in being a Christian. And so I had a, I had a really good time uh, meeting the girls and the moms and that's what I'm doing. So I'm going to private Christian schools around Texas and reading an excerpt and talking to them about being, um, if they're in Christ, standing strong in Christ, and then also sharing the gospel. That's awesome. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. I'm, I'm deeply concerned, especially recently and probably in the last few years, especially. And even before, you know, we both, my wife and I were substitute teachers in Idaho at, at various different points. And you know, when I when I worked with a as a paraprofessional on the side doing even ministry, there was a there was a uh, a boy that one day was a boy and on the autism scale, mm. mind you as well. And then the next day, this is this boy is a girl, right? And we're supposed to we're supposed to acknowledge them and treat them as a as a girl. And I'm just like, oh boy, I don't even I don't even have when you you know you know that that's not true. But right. it's another thing when you're when you're in that and you you just have to love and care for the for the child. And, you know, and then I just I just started interceding for the child uh, right there. And and also for the parents, just that they would have wisdom, you know, and I think that's that's somebody listening and they're wondering, what can you do if you're in the school? I think that's the, the best thing to do, you know, is just to sit there and intercede for the kids. If you're a Christian, intercede for them, love them, care for them, do, do your best, do your work with excellence. You know, um, there's quite a few teachers that listen to this podcast and that's kind of what I tell them is, you know, you might not be able to say much of anything, but you can certainly pray and love and care for them and do your job with excellence. And, you know, um, so yeah. And, you know, one thing that's, that you said about that, you know, we, we know that God is going to save children in public schools. God took pagan kings and brought up very godly kings in the midst of judges. We've got a sheer polls going on in the Bible. These kids, you know, these people are growing up in such a hostile environment that is filled with sexual immorality and, um, you know, worshiping Bamoth and all these things. And we still see God because he's a God who preordains and chooses. He's going to call children to himself. He's going to call who he has 
preordained to himself. And so we know we cannot be these parents. And I think this is something I want to stress to moms. We cannot be these parents who think that because we are in Christ, that this Christian bubble that we're training our children up in is the only one that God is going to work and redeem because we, it is a work. Salvation is a work of the Lord. And as believers, we're called to train up our children, but we have godly people who are teachers and who are standing in the bridge and the gap and praying for these kids and being a light for the gospel and a living testimony. And in fact, the teacher in Godly Ever After, Mrs. Cole, is based on a real woman, Mrs. Coyle, who I am still very, very close to. She's come to my book signing. She's promoted my book. She's in her 80s. She's absolutely wonderful. She loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was a public school teacher in junior high. And I was not a believer at that time. But one of the things that I loved about Mrs. Coyle is her faith was always on display. And looking back now, even how the Lord interwove our relationship, she was my favorite teacher. I was there every day after school, after cheerleading practice. I always wanted to be there with her. Um, And she was fascinating and she loves the Lord and she's never compromised her faith. And so absolutely, we're going to have, you know, people who are in academics in these public schools and even in private Christian schools and private schools, that doesn't necessarily mean that the word of God is taught correctly. I mean, we, we know that. And so it's kind of a hodgepodge. You've got teachers of all different churches and backgrounds. Um, but we're called to, to be the light for Christ. And so being able to go in there and share the word accurately, even to teachers who were in there listening um, and share the gospel accurately and encourage them to watch open hearts. And, you know, here's how, you know, after having conversations with the, the moms and the girls, but being able then to talk to these teachers and keep encouraging them to be strong and stand for Christ and not compromise, um, I really, really enjoy to have such a heart and passion for teen girls. My husband and I actually worked as dorm parents at a private boarding military school that was Christian um, before the Lord gave us Clara Joy. And we would take kids to school in this old rundown van-like bus, um, take them, sorry, to church on Sundays um, and pour into their lives. And so I've always had a heart for teen kids. And obviously, if you're in Christ, you're not called to hide your faith based on where you are, where you're working, um, or what God has called you to. We need to be able to be a light in every every situation we're in. So as Christian parents, that's our job. Um, but for Christian teachers, I mean, for Christian teachers on public schools, I encourage you to trust the Lord and to be bold with your students and to love them and to share the truths of God's word with them. Yeah, it's really good. What, how, how, you know, teenage years or, you know, look back now 20 years, you know, since 22 years since I graduated high school and the challenges that our kids face are, they're totally different. You know, uh, right. I was, a, I was a, in high school, I was a sports guy. So, but I was also a theology nerd too. And so, you know, I had kind of like the both ends, you know, I was really good at playing golf and just kind of in that crowd and people thought I was really good and I was, but, uh, you know, the challenges that, that kids face and the amount of peer pressure, if you're even in the popular quote unquote in crowd or whatever, which, you know, since I was in that world, I kind of understand some of it, but how, how do you think in today's culture, 
and in today's climate that we can help, uh, help parents can help their kids and then how can the church help you know the the youth as well yeah so if we are christians if we are in christ as parents then what we first need to understand i believe about peer pressure if you're looking at it from a worldview and from the danger that it causes because pressure is an outside force pushing against you know and so peer pressure is the world's way of trying to get you to conform and so really it's temptation to sin and so the first thing that I want parents to understand is that when you talk to your children about peer pressure and what the world wants for them and the popular group and and what society says will make you popular or successful or um, rich or um, be able to have a lot of friends is if you are compromising the word of God, if you are in a situation where you are choosing to go that way instead of the the path that Christ tells us to be on, which is the straight and narrow, then we're going against the word of God. And so we want to build our children up with verses that talk about what is a godly, what does a good friend look like? What is obeying parent? What does the Bible say about obeying your parents? What does it say about running around with bad company? What does it say about, um, you know, sexual immorality and drunkenness and um, the world's view of beauty and, and pride and the and what comes out of the heart when we're prideful, when we show partiality? You know, in Christ, we're called to show no partiality. The veil was torn. We're one in Christ Jesus. And so talking to our children about having, being that person, if you're a believer, and even if you're not, if your child's not a believer, you're a believer. If you're, if you are a believer, you are raising your child and training them up in scripture. And so bringing the word back to their hearts and walking them through what the Bible says about standing against the culture and against peer pressure and encouraging them. I think another thing with peer pressure for parents and for the church is you want to pray for godly friendships for your children and the younger your children are, you want to find like-minded believers who hopefully have children your age, but you want to surround your children in God in a godly environment. Therefore you want to be at a sound church with a faithful pastor who handles the word of God, who has strong elders, not weak sauce elders who aren't handling the word, who are protecting our flock, who are training up, you know, men in the church to be leaders who are holding us accountable. The the pulpit should be an extension all the way down to our children, to our youth groups. And so we want to be encouraging our children to stand against the world and stand against peer pressure. And the more children that we can have like-minded in our circle of friends or at our church, that's going to encourage our, our children, you know, to be able to be bold for Christ. Another thing is if you're yourself a very worldly woman and you profess Christ, you're going to find yourself compromising and placing your children in situations where their whole where they are now a target because that kind of lifestyle and worldly culture is important to you. And mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that you are living a godly life with your life on display for your children and that you you the life you live and the example you are showing promotes mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and being unashamed of the gospel 
and not going a worldly way. I know plenty of parents who out of fear or anxiousness of their child maybe not being popular will compromise and will maybe allow their child to do something or watch something or be invited to something that they know before the Lord is not a safe environment for their children to be able to not be able to succumb to peer pressure. And so we want to, we, as much as we can, we want to be able to create safe, godly environments for our children. That's our job as we protect them. That's our job to be discerning in this world, to see this world system, to be able to stand against it, to be able to talk to them about, here's what the world is going to say. Here's what the culture is going to tell you about LGBTQ. And here's what God's word says. The homosexual person will perish in hell if they do not repent and place their faith in Christ. And so you're going to try to be indoctrinated and this and that with peer pressure. We see it all the time. Kids are now so afraid to stand up for their faith because they're being bullied. Um, they're, they're being called um, fascist haters. I mean, it's, it is so, it is so hard for our kids. And so what can we do as parents, but remove them from some of those things that we are, that we are able to be discerning, train them, not put our heads in the sand. Um, And then as they get older, we pray that the situations that they're in, that they will make the right choice, that, that every, that what we've told them, as we've instructed them, as we've walked through them with the scriptures and continue to pray for them, that they will make the wise choice, that they will understand if they can see the pressures coming, if we've educated and trained them on the latest trend or, you know, false world fortress um, and tear those down with the word of God, that hopefully and prayerfully that they will make the right decision. And so I think for peer pressure, we have to look at all those things for our children. And we want to set them up in the best possible way that we can as believers. And that means being wise and discerning in this world and being able to help our children to walk through what's going on. You can't do that if you're not learning the word, studying the word, praying for your children, meditating on the word. You're going to compromise yourself in world in the world system. You're going yourself to find that you're watching these things or you're doing these things and your children see you. They see you behind closed doors. They know who you are. And so we want to be living a godly life. You know, Timothy says, let your life and your doctrine. It's not just your doctrine. Um, we want to show our kids that our life is built on the word of God and the rock of Christ. So that's important, I think. Mm, it's really good. Yeah, you know, that that's really, really well said. And, you know, it makes me think about high school. You know, my my situation was, you know, my parents got divorced in my junior year in high school. And there was a lot of there's a lot of pain. And, but but it made me think of all those godly guys, the, the godly mm-hmm. youth pastor and whatever you whatever you there's people that don't think that, you know, you have a youth group or whatever. But, right. you know, like or whatever, whatever you think about it, don't don't focus on that. But. Uh, I had a godly youth pastor and I had a godly uh, youth elder and they took me under my under my wing because at this time, both of my parents were. I don't even know. I, it's it's a long story, <laughs> but it was it was a really difficult. It was a really, really difficult time in my life. And they they did exactly what they were were godly. They saw that I was in danger and they saw they knew that I I I, I was in that group. 
the street that I lived on uh, was the popular group. And so anybody that lived on the street that I grew up, that I lived in in junior high and high school, uh, everybody was pretty much popular if you were decent and you could talk to people and weren't a complete doofus, you know? And so, uh, you know, there was, there was every danger. I had, I had kids come up to me, we'll give you whatever you want. You know, I could have had, I could have had drugs. I could have done right. and by God's, by God's grace alone, you know, and with the help of the church, um, thankfully before I was, uh, just, just before I was a ninth grader, I started loving theology mm-hmm. and that I think looking back, that was God's God's providential. He gave me a real love for theology that, that it, it hasn't gone away. Uh, and uh, you know, it's led to ministry, mm-hmm. so many ministries, so many opportunities, all God's kindness. And, you know, but if it weren't for those two guys, you know, coming alongside of me, I probably, you never know. You don't want to say, I wouldn't be where I'm in today, but God, that, that just shows you that God uses means and he uses individuals. And you might not yes. think that you might not think that if you're in youth ministry or some, some kind of ministry, you may not think you're not making a difference, mm. but then there's, then there's the kid like me who has, it doesn't have a dad, didn't have a dad at this time. God will later restore that. And you can make that difference. You can be there for that guy. And maybe, maybe there only be one kid out of that whole of your 30 years or more, but you know what? Isn't that, isn't that worth it? Absolutely. It's absolutely worth it. And God can use that, use you to be that instrument, that vessel to put that kid on the right path of godliness. And, you know, not only that, but it's also, that's Titus too. Older men coming alongside younger younger men and and older women as well as i know you're so passionate about and so i i as you're talking about that i just wanted to 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 share that little bit of of yeah. my testimony because i i can look back and i can look not just at my teens but i can look at my 20s i can look at my 30s um and got every single time at every pivotal point in my life god has provided a, a very yeah. solid mature seasoned guy and um, yeah you know, if we were to if we were to look back in our lives, you know, we could probably all see the same thing and think about that. You know, that's yeah. God's kindness to us to to bring that person in there and and just be so thankful for that. So, yeah, and you in the book you see that in Fiona's character, you see that in her teacher, you see that in how her parents love her. If we love Christ, if we as parents love the Lord, then. Our words should drip with honey for worship of the Lord. I mean, it should be an overflow of our lives. And so we should be talking to our children, building them up in the truths, using biblical language, encouraging them. And you see that in Fiona's parents as well. Um, You know, I think in junior high too, as we grow, these girls that are reading this book, like the second book is in high school. The third book, she'll be in college. The second book, you... I'm writing it from the standpoint of now she's in high school. So being able to take a junior high girl who's thinking all these things, that's a believer. She's going to grow up more in her faith. You know, she's going to grow up more in the meat of the word when she gets into high school and be able to process and understand. And so in high school, you will see more. You will see more things that happen that are very hard trials that this girl walks through. Nothing will be... Um, controversial. 
There will be never be any language, never be in a, any appropriate PDA. Um, I, I, she won't even have a boyfriend. Like you'll see the way the godly ever after plays out for, by the third book. But there's going to be some hard things that happen in the second book. You're going to see some people that you thought were sound look like they're pulling away friendships. I mean, there's some hard trials because what I wanted girls to understand is that as we walk through this life in junior high, as we get into high school, the world is more evil. (laughs) Evil is more susceptible. And as we grow up, then evil be without Christ, we become even more darkened. We stumble around even more. It's like sin just starts to permeate more and more. And so these kids that don't know Christ when they get in high school, for a Christian, they're going to be a Christian in high school. Look what they're going to face in high school. You know, they are surrounded by worldliness. And so um, I want people to understand that as our teens walk through life, they need godly mentors. We prov- I provide those in Godly Ever After. But as they stand up in their faith, having having Christian friends around them. You know, in the first book, we have what's called the lunch bunch where they sit together at lunch and they invite anyone who wants to come, um, but they pray and they share the word of God. And those are the requirements. If you're not a believer, you're still going to sit here and we're going to talk about God's word and we're going to pray. But the reason I did that is because I think in every single thing we do, whether the church or school or this and that, we if we can surround our, our um, children around with um, other believers or godly influences like teachers, youth pastors, this, that's the example we're setting for our children um, as they grow up to want to be around older, wiser, tied us to godly men and godly women. And we can be that in children's lives, whether we have children or not. Um, we're called to to... Um, to stand out for Christ. And so to be able to put that in the book so that girls are constantly encouraged and don't feel alone is something that I really wanted. And, you know, I've had girls reach out to me and moms and it's hard. Their children are alone, a lot of them, if they're in public school. Um, but we have Christ Jesus And I just keep encouraging the moms to pray for their children, to pray for godly friendships, to find godly things that they can be involved in and pure and and be able to walk with their children through the trials that they're going to face if they're in a public or private, you know, school or even a youth group. I mean, we see pressure and bullying even at youth group. You know, we want to encourage our kids not to be the clicky girl at youth group. You know, I want... I want every I want teens to understand that if we and if parents if we truly love the word of God then we should be looking out for all these things ahead for our children mm-hmm. and trying to strengthen them as they walk through the trials that they walk through and to be kind to love as Christ did to love their enemies to um be a good friend you know to not gossip or slander um to not be a bully what does the bible say about these things this is how we're supposed to be raising our children it, it shouldn't it shouldn't we shouldn't check out it's not just our faith right we're not supposed to be growing in obedience to the word of god for ourselves but to be able to be an instrument like you said um and to live that life out modeled for christ for our children so yeah i like good. i like good. 
Well, sister, where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise and remind us again a little bit about Open Hearts and your podcasts and those things? So um, I have a personal Instagram, Just Brooke Bartz. Um, for about two and a half years, I did a daily devotion writing it myself, which um, was wonderful at the time. But I, like you, I am so busy And so um, my Instagram, I still try to write encouraging things, but it's not a daily devotion. Um, But you can reach out to me through my Instagram, um, Jesper Bartz. And then Open Hearts has an Instagram, which is Open Hearts in a Closed World, and also a Facebook group, Open Hearts in a Closed World. And there's ladies um, that from all over the world who are part of that, who, you know, we we like to be able for them to be able to talk to each other. If we write a post or with comments, people have met each other through that. Women realize, oh my gosh, you live 20 minutes from me. And so it's neat to have a community of like-minded believers. And that's really what I wanted to establish with the Facebook group is these women define encouragement and see that there's other like-minded believers and sisters in Christ who are standing for truth. And so that's one way in open hearts, like I said, is that um, that's the women's ministry and conference online. That's um, no cost. And it's online through, you can watch it on AGTV, um, Exposit the Word with David Knight. We did this year and last year and on our YouTube channel as well. And that's been really neat because a lot of women's ministries um, with their churches use it as a women's ministry event. And so they streamed it or they had watch parties at their house Um or at church, or with their friends, or with their teen daughters. Um, I had it, we had a person send in a thing that they watched it at a nursing home. They let the older women watch it at the nursing home. That was really neat to see. Um, Youth groups, um, the the female, the girls in the youth groups with their um, leaders. So that's been neat. So that's just a conference that is five days. We have two teaching sessions every day from Sound Biblical women. Um, This year was spiritual sisterhood, talking about being a a sister in Christ through friends at the church, um, warnings of not good friendships, how do you handle conflict, um, being a steadfast woman, how to use your gifts that God's given you at the church, what that should look like. So that was wonderful, spiritual sisterhood. And then last year was reverence and radical times. And we really spoke to the women and trying to stand strong in this generation and, and what we're seeing. So that's a free resource, and I encourage you to watch it. It also has worship every day. Um, last year was City of Light, the first years, and this year was the Masters University Praise Band. So that's neat, too, to get to see worship. And then we have commercials and promotions. Um, we did the uh, the Essential um, Church with John MacArthur, um, that promo. We promoted um, TMU, you know, students on campus and just neat things like that in between the teaching sessions. So, um, and then we did a Q and a the last day, which was really neat with some of the ladies. So I encourage ladies to watch that, to, to find sound resources um, and to be strengthened as a woman of God living in this time and not compromising. So that's open hearts. You can, it's all, it's available also on AGTV as well as the open hearts podcast that Aaron and I co-lead and our ministry. And we'll do more ministry things. Brandon Kimber has been just, He's been so encouraging, um, so accommodating with uh, with the ministry and the ideas. And so um, there'll be more things coming down the pipe with that, as well as more books that I'm writing. So you can reach out to me through Instagram, just Brooke Bartz. Um, 
You can also email me. I'll give out my email because a lot of girls have done that as well. Um, with reviews they've left or questions, um, it's brookbarts at yahoo.com. And I would love to talk to moms or teen girls if you have questions or anything or want to talk about the book. Or um, The other thing I want to say is that if you are in the Texas area and you want me to come to your junior high or high school, you can get in contact with me that way and I'll talk you through what the book tour looks like. Um, I'm also supposed to go to youth groups. Every There's a lot of things on hold right now. I've had some family members that have um, become very sick um, and going through a lot of trials. So I've kind of put that on hold, but you can reach out to me and find out information on that as well. And if you've read Godly Ever After, I would love if you would write a review. Um, one of the things I want to say before I leave, and Dave knows this, we've had conversations about this before, is being a writer um, is a, you do it because you love what you do. and if you, for me, the Christian publishing company I chose was a very, very small publishing company that does, is not able to do a lot of promotion. But what they were able to do through my contract is not change anything that I want. You know, a lot of people, when they sign with contracts, the editors can come in, they can change your characters, they can change your storyline, they can add parts to your book in fiction, believe it or not. And I knew that if I went with another publisher that I might have to compromise on the truths of God's word, um, maybe not be as bold in sharing the gospel. Um, because in, in Godly Ever After, I mean, we walk through the entire gospel, like man is sinful, God is holy, you know, there is not one that's righteous. We are all dead, you know, without Christ. And what is it? We have to repent and place our faith in Christ alone, that he's holy and so we walk through the entire gospel, the full gospel, which I think a lot is left out that we see this easy believism, no repentance and, um, you know, saying you believe in Christ, but a life change, never any fruit or anything like that. And so I wanted to be able to share the entire, the full gospel of Jesus Christ, um, the only gospel of Jesus Christ. But um, so I was thankful for this publisher, but with that, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily get it out the way that you would if you're promoted and, and signing up and talking on this podcast and this show and this and that, which they don't even believe in Christ, or they just had this person on who was a false teacher. And now you're, you're the next week's episode. I didn't want to compromise like Dave with a book. And so I went with, um, with his book. And so I went with, um, this, this Christian publishing company and I'm thankful for them. And, and so, yeah, I, I would encourage you if you've read the book, if, if you're a mom or you're a, a teen girl to, to write a review, because that's how we really get the, the book out, you know, word of mouth. I think it's more important hearing from the moms and the teen girls who've read the book than me as the author because I want to know what they have to say about it. How did it encourage their daughter? How did, and you can read the reviews on um, Amazon so far, but yeah, just check out, check that out and, and understand that Godly Ever After is, um, is a book that as a mom, you can trust. Um, you'll be able to trust the entire series because it is the word of God and God in his kindness and mercy and his gifting has been able to give me a voice to not only write the nonfiction, but then to be able to write a book from a junior high character's perspective, all then to a high school and a college 
putting the word of God in context. And that's very, very hard to do, but um, I'm, I love doing it. And so, yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me for anything with Godly Ever After. Brooke Bart's at yahoo.com. And then my Instagram is just Brooke Bart. So I'd love to hear from you, how the books encourage you, if you have questions about it or how I can pray for you if you're a mom or a teen girl. Mm, wonderful sister. Well, thank you so much. Uh, guys, gals as well. Uh, Brooke's book, Godly Ever After, Fiona's Faith, book one. If you're watching the video, here it is again, just so you can see it. It's a great book. I encourage you to pick it up. Thank you, sister, for for all that you do at Open Hearts and at your local church and beyond. You're appreciated. Well, I want to say thank you so much. And Dave, you know, one thing that's really neat about you is that you read a Christian teen fiction book <laughs> and you made it through and you actually enjoyed it and liked it. And I think that says so much about um, your heart for people and for the word of God that you chose to have me on the show to promote this book that is very against the grain, goes against the grain in so many ways, but our children need sound books. Our teens need sound books. And so brother, I'm, I'm thankful for your friendship, thankful for your, um, just your encouragement in Christ. And I'm praying for you for your book as well. So, um, yeah, so you need to go get Dave's book as well. Tell me, tell me what it's about one more time before we go. Sure, sure. It's uh the the word matters. It's a it's for the average Christian uh, to understand, you know, the what the doctrine of scripture is and how it's under yeah. attack. And so uh, it's it, it'd be good for you know it's written with no prior. You don't need any prior understanding of any of those mm. things because I don't use any technical language. So you could have your teenage daughter read it and love it. I've gotten good reviews so you know write in easy understandable way although i could write a much larger book that right. you probably wouldn't understand but well, that's i wrote the this theology I wrote... nerd in you that's yeah, the theology yeah, nerd in yeah you. exactly exactly <laughs> exactly yeah but, well i'm yeah i'm excited for people to check that out as well and so i want to encourage you with that and promote that as well so thank you so much my friend and brother for having me on and i appreciate appreciate it so much thank you sister all right. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.